This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Healthy and filling. Cooking vegetables has never been easier. You already know eating vegetables is good for you, but sometimes it can be hard to figure out how to include more of them in your everyday meals besides just in a side salad or appetizer. Larissa Olksak's book, Easy Vegetable Meals, is the vegetables cookbook that makes it simple, fast, and easy to eat tons of garden greens, feel full, and enjoy your homemade cooking. Whether you have a box of unfamiliar vegetables from a weekly local produce delivery, or you just got home with a bundle from the farmer's market, you'll discover exactly how to enjoy whatever you have with this vegetables cookbook. A handy reference guide will help you quickly learn how to prep, cook, and serve all kinds of veggies, including ones you've never seen before. Inside this vegetables cookbook, you'll find recipes abound with 100 creative and delicious recipes inside this vegetables cookbook. You'll always have something that suits your mood for any meal of the day. Calendar cooking. These wholesome vegetable forward recipes are sorted by season so you can find and enjoy the freshest vegetables no matter the month. Suit yourself. Easily tailor the recipes in this vegetables cookbook to your own dietary preferences with variation tips to make dishes vegetarian, vegan, and more. Valeria Tellez interviews Larissa Olksak. She is a nutritional therapy practitioner, herbalist, and author. She helps people thrive on a whole food diet by teaching them how to take control of their health. Larissa loves to teach people how to make food choices based on their bio-individuality. She doesn't believe in a one-size-fits-all method, but she does believe in whole food nutrition. After realizing how impactful food is to our health and how the SAD, Standard American Diet, is making many people sick, Larissa left her full-time job and started devoting her career to create a life full of health, passion, and purpose. She now works with people and helps them regain control of their health. Meet Larissa at IamWellByLarissa.com. Here is the interview with Larissa Olksak. In your own words, who is Larissa Osak? <laughs> 
Well, I would say that I am an empathetic, creative, passionate person. I'm always wanting to learn and share more with people. Um, I'd say I'm the happiest when I'm out in nature or when I'm at home with my rescue dogs. I feel like that's when I'm most at peace. Um, or when I'm in the kitchen creating a new plant-based recipe. Um, I love nutrition. I love herbs. And I love showing people, you know, how easy and delicious plant-based food can be. Um, so I can help people feel their best because I've seen that happen so many times. And then I guess to really make the statement, I would say I'm someone who's dedicated to educating humans to live a more balanced life and in harmony with them with plants and animals mm, yeah thank you for your message and mission how long have you been a vegan and um why did you choose to become one that's a great question so i have been so i've been vegan and plant-based on and off for the past 15 years and i can explain the difference so when you're vegan, you don't eat any animal product. You don't actually support any product that's either been tested on animals or, you know, that has animal material in them. So, for example, you wouldn't wear leather or eat honey or things like that. And when you're plant-based, that means that your diet is primarily plant food. So, for me, I go back and forth between being vegan and plant-based, but I never eat meat. Sometimes I will eat maybe like you know, an egg here and there, but I am primarily vegan slash plant-based. And I've been that way for 15 years. And it happened when I was walking around San Francisco one day, 15 years ago, and there was someone handing out a PETA pamphlet. And PETA is an organization that supports, you know, animal rights. And within this pamphlet, they had a lot of images of what happens in factory farms and a lot of the cruelty that happens to animals. And this was actually my first time kind of seeing that firsthand because I feel like the meat industry does a really good job at kind of hiding that side of, um, of the meat industry to consumers because it can be really graphic and, you know, it's not the most, you know, you don't, people don't really want to see that it's, it can be kind of cruel. And so when I saw that those images for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Like, I don't want to support this industry anymore. And so then we went out to lunch that day. And since that day, I ordered my first vegan meal and I've been, you know, vegan plant-based ever since. And I feel like it's just, you know, I think it's a smart choice for health. It works really well for me as a um, bio-individual person. I feel great on this diet. I think it's great for the environment. I also think it's, you know, great for animals as well. Do you believe plants, they also feel? Are they sensitive to pain and energies? Yeah, definitely. So I feel like, you know, plants definitely have energy and they do have feeling to a certain extent, although it's more of an energetic feeling. But of course, they don't have a nervous system like animals do. So they're unable to form these bonds with other animals or with humans. They're not sentient beings. They don't feel emotion and, you know, compassion like animals do. So in a sense, yes, but I wouldn't say it's similar to how, um, to how animals are. Do you also believe that if we, all of us were exposed to the cruelty and the violence that is imposed on animals, most of us would become uh, plant-based and vegetarians and vegans? 
Yes. You know, I always, I always think about that because like, as I mentioned before, I feel like the meat marketing industry does a really good job at trying to hide that. So even on a lot of like meat products, you'll see like a happy cow or a happy chicken. And as they just try to disconnect that emotional connection to the animals, because I feel like if people were to actually see how horrible and gruesome some of these factory farms are, they'd be like, wow, this is horrible and they might not necessarily want to become vegan, but then they would, you know, support more of like a local butcher and an animal that was raised on grass, eating its natural foods. So they'd be maybe a little more, you know, different in their decision making when it comes to consuming meat. And that makes me think about the idea we have of spirituality, practicing to be more connected to, with everything, with nature and whatever we call God. Is this a spiritual practice for you too? It is, you know, it definitely is. I feel like to me, there's one, there's one universal law to me and that's to do no harm. And I feel like this applies to all living things. I feel like this applies to everything. You know, you shouldn't cause harm to any plant, to any animal, to anything. You should just be, you know, peaceful and you should try to, you know, bring things up and show love and compassion to all things and to not just limit that to, to certain things. And I feel like it is definitely more of a spiritual thing because I also feel like when you're consuming meat, especially you're consuming a, an animal that's unfortunately had to, had to die for you to eat it. And I feel like if you choose to eat meat, then at least, you know, be respectful and be understanding that this animal had to die for you to eat it. And I feel like a lot of the times people are a little disconnected. So, you know, if you do eat meat again, that's fine. But just try to be a little more conscious that this uh, creature had to go through what it did for you to consume it. And then I also feel like if you want to grow spiritually, then feeding yourself with, you know, something that's had to die and that's kind of regressive of growing and, you know, ascending to a spiritual level. You already had these ideas before you became a plant-based vegan or this is a new idea, a new way of living for you? Yeah. So, you know, I've always been really empathetic. I've always felt like I've connected well to animals and, you know, to nature. And I feel like we're all connected in one way or another. And I feel like we should respect plants and animals. So it's always been a, a common concept to me. But I think once I kind of started actually thinking about, you know, when you, like you are what you eat, you know, what you eat, you absorb and your body becomes. So when I started to actually realize what that means, I started making different food choices. So I would eat more local and organic and plant-based food. I absolutely love this idea that more human beings can become more aware and yeah. awakened to this truth that everything's connected and harming. It's not a Let's say not a good thing, but it's not a healthy right. thing, let's say. Right, exactly. And I feel like everything is about balance. So I try to never force my, you know, ideas or beliefs. I try to support everyone and what makes them feel best because at the end of the day, we're all bio-individual bio beings. We need different things to make us feel the best. And that's absolutely fine. But there's always a balance, right? So I feel like everything is about balance. And if you are going to do certain things, just do it, you know, do it the right way. Do it responsibly. Do it with compassion. Do it with, with awareness. 
so how can we still eat the animals, eat meat, but in a compassionate way? How is that possible? Of course, that's a great question. So I feel like the first step would be to start to minimize the amount of meat you eat from places like factory farms and maybe at fast food restaurants. And then to slowly start, you know, researching about um, different local butchers in your area. There's a great company called Butcher Box, um, and they're like a, a meat a delivery subscription service. And so you can order online and they have, you know, good quality meat and you can just order from them and they deliver it to your door once a month or you know, whatever you plan on doing. And I think that just making those first steps of locating a healthy source and starting to support those businesses, I think that would be a great first step because then you're also putting money into these um, businesses that are trying to make that change in the world. So they're trying to produce good quality meat for people to consume, which in turn, you know, is better for your health, better for the animal and better for the environment. This is a good idea. I never heard about the butcher's box. Yeah, butcher yeah. box. Mm -hmm. And a lot of cities do them. Um, if you just look up like meat subscription service in your area, then I know, I know they're becoming very popular, especially now with, um, you know, not many people are feel comfortable going out as much. So all these meal subscription services are gaining a lot of momentum. And there's been a lot that have popped up within the past year. So I definitely recommend just doing a quick search and trying to find one in your area. What do you think or what do you feel is the purpose of life, the human experience, Larissa? Oh, I love that question. So for me personally, I feel like the purpose of life, of course, looks different to everyone. But to me, I feel like people all have their passions, people all have their interests, and they're all different. And we're all unique. And you know, some people, you know, they are really interested in, let's say, like beekeeping, or like mushrooms, you know, everyone has their really specific interest that makes them happy. And I feel like if you're able to pursue this interest, and you know, dedicate time to it, and use that purpose to then benefit the planet in a better way, then I feel like that's a win-win because you're following your sole purpose. You're doing what makes you happy. And then you're using that to better, better the planet. And I feel like if you are just, you know, a kind, compassionate person, you know, kind to everything, compassionate to everything, and you're able to pursue your dreams and to leave a good impact on the planet, then I feel like, you know, that's, that's a great purpose because humans, you know, at our best, we're very, creative, we're very compassionate, we're very intelligent. And I feel like we're all capable of doing these things. But it's really easy to get stuck in routine. It's really easy to get stuck in these like, these fears that society has sometimes placed on us. And so having a good balance of still doing what makes you happy, and following your passion, you know, and trying to be, you know, a good, a good person in this planet. <laughs> Another question I have, for you yeah, about the obstacles you mentioned societies also would you say tv mainstream television the media oh yes definitely i feel like mainstream media is one of the worst things that, that has happened to us in the recent future and you know it's it, it's not all bad of course but i feel like sometimes the media can be misleading 
and you know it's still a company by the end of the day and they work on like reviews and like their ratings so be like sometimes the the more worse you know some news is and the more ratings they'll get and so it's just not very honest and I feel like it can really manipulate people's minds and get them you know get them sucked in to you know the television or their cell phones which can take away from you know being present or connecting with their community or talking with their friends and their family and just really engaging with normal things like like we should be doing what do you love most about being in a human body? Oh, it's such a sweet question. <laughs> you know, I love having the ability to to think, to critically think, to be creative. I'm grateful for, you know, the human mind of, you know, of course, humans have the ability to be creative and to think of ideas and to actually, you know, think of something and then create it. I love being able to, you know, have discussions with people and to think of new ideas and to be physically present in this human body and to, you know, like I mentioned, have an idea and then create steps to create this change. And I feel like humans do have a great um, capability of creating positive change. And I think that's one of the best things about being in a human body is that we do have this potential to create such positive change. At this time, with all the challenges we have been through or are still going through, what do you think is the world's greatest need? And do you also have a vision for a new reality? Oh, yeah. So the world's greatest need, I feel like right now, you know, trying to not live in fear is a very important thing. I know that there's been a lot of fear in the world lately. And when you're in fear, you know, you're a little more stuck. You, you know, you can't think, you know, like you usually would if you're more fear-based, you can get a little more, you know, paralyzed in your emotions. And that's just not a good place to function from. And I think that we need to be a little more trusting of our health and our immune system and what we're capable of doing as humans and how there's, you know, ways we can support our, ourselves for free every day. Like we can go outside, we can be in the sun, we can laugh, we can be in nature, like medicine, there's free medicine out there. And this medicine is very effective. And I think that we need to just realize that we are, you know, strong, resilient, healthy, people and we have the ability to make ourselves healthier and there's you know supplements out there there's healthy diets out there you know we can make these changes to make ourselves stronger instead of just hiding in fear i feel like that's the opposite of what you know our immune system needs and what we need to be healthy functioning strong um, humans so it goes back to that living more naturally the state exactly and i feel like what I see for the future is I just hope that people, you know, become more aware of this and they realize that certain things are actually very simple. You know, I feel like humans can tend to overcomplicate certain things. But, you know, if you have a family, friends, community, good food, you know, you have a home, then, you know, you have so much to be grateful for. And just starting at that point is so healthy for you. And I feel like it's a good reminder 
for everyone. And then to, you know, really, really focus on having a community of like-minded people and, you know, sharing that, sharing that is, is really important and healing in itself. What is your idea of freedom, Larissa? What is to be free? Freedom. So I see freedom as, you know, a physical freedom and then mental freedom as well. I feel like freedom can come in those two forms and being physically free is, you know, allowing yourself to, you know, be free, to be able to travel, to be able to visit family, to be able to do what you want, to not maybe work like a nine to five every day and sit in traffic and waste your life, you know, doing this job that you might not really like, but just to have more of a balance and to have freedom in traveling and, you know, just taking time for yourself, having alone time, I feel like is very important. (laughs) And then of course, for, you know, mental freedom, I feel like being free in your mind is very important and having a good, you know, like spiritual relationship with the world and being open-minded and of course not like living in fear and living in love and being compassionate and being open, being open-minded at the end of the day, I feel like is a very good way of having, you know, that mental freedom as well. How did you become a writer? Well, I've always loved writing ever since I was younger I've always kept a journal, you know, since I was like maybe, you know, in elementary school and I would write every day. And then I've started my website where I would write, uh, you know, all my different blogs. And then I would just start writing all my different plant-based recipes and it kind of just came together. And then at a certain point, I just had, you know, all these ideas written down and I was like, I'm going to try to actually, you know, write a book and get my ideas out there, especially when it comes to plant-based cooking, because I feel like, you know, a lot of people are, you know, more and more interested in being vegan or plant-based right now. There's a lot more options. It's gaining a lot of momentum and I see this continuing. And so I just thought it was a perfect opportunity to use my, you know, history as writing um, and to try to share what I've been writing with, you know, with people to try to help and uh, benefit them. Talk to me for a moment about the inspiration, which you already talked to me about for a mm-hmm. moment, <laughs> but the intention to, in the process of writing your book, Easy Vegetable Meals, a fuss-free cookbook for everyone. <laughs> of course. So, you know, I wanted to really show people how, easy it is to be plant-based and how it's, you know, a lot of people think vegan or plant-based food and they're like, oh yeah, like it's like salads, right? Yeah, right. So <laughs> and it's true. like, it's, it's just, it's so much more than that. And maybe like 10, 15 years ago, yeah, maybe that, that would be more so the case, but now there's so many more options. There's so many companies that make, you know, good quality vegan products and even just utilizing, you know, plants as your ingredients, you can create so many traditional meals that taste the same, you know, that feel to have the same texture, but they're just vegan. And so my cookbook, that was the, that was my like motivating force behind it was I wanted to show people how easy it was. So all of my, all the recipes in the book, they, they take 30 minutes or less 
and there's 10 main ingredients or less because I also had in mind that everyone's busy right now. People don't really have time to necessarily, you know, cook all these great meals all the time. And so I wanted to give people a way to make really convenient, easy and really inexpensive meals for themselves and for them for their family that tastes like, you know, their traditional counterpart. Right. And I love the images. <laughs> they, they're so much fun and they kind of inspire us to become more creative with our mm -hmm. food. That's what I Definitely. love about yeah, the vegan, plant-based, vegetarian mm -hmm. meals because they're so colorful and they yeah. do inspire <laughs> us to become more creative. And, and boy, this is what life to me uh, in a human body always goes back to creativity, being creative with everything in a way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> But for a moment, uh, Lorisa, being a vegetarian and plant-based, the same in a way or? Yeah, in a way, in a way. So if you're a vegetarian, you don't eat any um, like animal flesh, I guess you would say. So you don't eat fish, you don't eat any land animals, but you can consume dairy and you can consume eggs. So you can still eat animal products, but you can't eat like chicken or, you know, pork or fish or things like that. While if you're plant-based, that's more of a loose term. Like I know certain plant-based people that will eat maybe like chicken once a month, you know, or will eat like fish sometimes, or they'll eat cheese once in a while. So plant-based is just your diet primarily consists of mostly, uh, mostly plants. A subject that's very highlighted in your book, it's seasonal. Seasonal yes. eating, that caught my attention because I haven't seen too many cookbooks arranged in this mm -hmm. manner. So talk to me about these three components, eating locally, uh, organic, and then seasonally. Yes, of course. So yeah, the chapters are organized by season. I really try to emphasize the importance of eating seasonally. So, you know, when you eat seasonally, food is fresher and more nutrient dense. You're eating what's, you know, what's in season. So it's at the peak of its, um, you know, it's at its peak. So it has the highest amount of vitamins and minerals and it tastes the best. And if you think about how our ancestors ate, you know, they ate with the cycles of nature, which is basically eating seasonally and how we should be eating. When you're eating seasonally, you're also supporting your local farmers. You know, a really good way to eat seasonally is to subscribe to a CSA, which stands for Community Supported Agriculture. So this is a really fun way to eat seasonally and you can just go to a farm and you pay like a monthly or annual fee and you can either pick all the produce that you want or they will send you a shipment of all their uh, produce that they have in season. So that's a really fun way. You know, I always really like going there and connecting with where my food's coming from. I think, you know, picking your own food from a farm is so fun and it really connects you with where your food comes from, which is so fun about eating, I think. <laughs> So I really encourage, I mean, that's super easy. I encourage, you know, if you're interested for people to do that, you can just, again, look up, you know, CSAs in your area. And then, so when you're not eating seasonally, you know, you're eating more imported food. And sometimes when things are imported, it gets irradiated at the border. 
And so this basically, you know, it's it's meant to kind of kill any sort of like bacteria that might have grown on the food. But personally, I don't really feel too excited about <laughs> eating food that's been irradiated. <laughs> right. Doesn't sound good. <laughs> right. And then you just don't know how long it's been sitting there. You don't know how people have been touching it. And it's just, you know, you're kind of contributing to, you know, more like greenhouse emissions with the traveling and it's just always better to support local, you know, it's good for, it's good for your health. It's good for the environment. You're supporting local business. Yeah. And so I just, I think it's super important to eat seasonally. I have this question about, I think I read in your book or somewhere that not all vegans are healthy. So my question is why? I love this question. You know, I've worked with a lot of people who say that they're vegan and they're like, I still don't feel good. Like I still feel really bloated. Like I just, you know, I'm having all these digestive issues. And then we go through their food journal and almost every day they're eating like, you know, the fake meat, the Beyond sausage, the Impossible Burger, the fake cheese. (laughs) And at the end of the day, yes, that's vegan, but it's still highly processed vegan food. It's still junk food. You know, junk food is processed food at the end of the day. And of course, there are certain brands that are better. So they use more, you know, minimal ingredients. They're organic. Miyoko's is a really good, um, that's a really good vegan cheese company. They have like four ingredients on their list. It's all organic. So if you're going to consume things like that, it's not as bad. But if you're going to be eating the like the fake vegan meat and cheeses all the time, then that's not healthy. So a lot of people, you know, they are under the impression that since it's vegan, it's still healthy. But the point of being, you know, vegan is to eat more plants. And that's why sometimes I switch the terms vegan and plant-based just because in the term plant-based, it's just automatically insinuated that it's, you know, you're eating a plant-based diet, that you're eating a lot of plants. And so, you know, to be a healthy vegan, you, your diet should consist of primarily primarily plant foods and grains and nuts and seeds. So that would be a healthy plant-based diet. And, you know, of course, everything's about balance. So you can still eat those fake meat products once in a while, but I would definitely limit them to maybe, you know, a couple times a month. Definitely not every day. That's just not going to make you feel good at the end of the day. Well, another huge point is the myth <laughs> that so many people have about vegetarians, plant-based, and mm-hmm. vegans. We will lack in protein, B12, iron, calcium. I mean, right. the list really goes on and on. But mm-hmm. talk to me about these four nutrients. Definitely. So that is a very common question I get all the time. And, you know, at the end of the day, plants can provide us with, you know, everything that we need. Um, It just needs to be a properly planned out um, diet, you know, and a lot of doctors are now coming out and discussing how a plant-based diet is, you know, one of the best diets that can prevent you know, and sometimes reverse certain diseases. And so it's really important just to focus on eating a properly prepared diet. So, you know, all plants have protein, plants have iron, um, and, you know, B vitamins as well, except when it comes to B12, that is one of the main supplements that 
many people say that vegans should supplement with because you know it's more found in um, it's more found in meat uh, meat sources, although it's technically also found in soil, and that's how a lot of animals and our ancestors would get it was would be from the soil that's that was in the vegetables. But unfortunately, our soil quality right now is very poor. <laughs> And so it doesn't have a lot of those natural vitamins that it used to have. And then B12 is also made in our gut by certain gut bacteria. But again, a lot of us aren't that healthy. You know, we take antibiotics. We don't have that healthy gut flora as our ancestors did. And so it's harder for our body to naturally produce it. And so I always like to tell some of my clients that it's not necessarily just a vegan or a plant-based person that can be deficient. It can also be a meat eater, you know, so there's a lot of people who enjoy all different kinds of diet, but because of lifestyle and because of stress or, and because of, you know, the food that they eat and where it comes from, they can also be deficient in a lot of these vitamins and minerals. So it all just comes back down to, you know, managing your stress because, when you're stressed out and you're eating, you don't produce enough of the, you know, hydrochloric acid and digestive enzymes that you need to break down your food and absorb the nutrients. So then you're not going to get all those nutrients from the food. So stress management, eating mindfully, really chewing your food, you know, and eating good food and eating, you know, organic, you know, local if you can, but, you know, plant food or good quality meat and having, you know, a a well-proportioned plate and not eating much processed food. So, you know, there's, there's quite a few things that go into it, but people, all people can be, can be nutrient deficient. It's just, you have to make sure you're eating a balanced diet. Basically you're saying that we don't need to take supplements. If we are healthy in, in so many ways, of course, imbalanced, we don't need to take supplements. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take supplements and that's wonderful, you know, some supplements can be great. And if you really want to know what supplements to take, you can always do lab testing with your doctor to see what you're deficient in. Um, that way you'll, you'll really know what you should take. And then um, with protein, the interesting thing about protein is, you know, you can pair different foods to comp- to make a complete protein. And you don't have to eat these foods in the same sitting. So for example, rice and beans make a complete protein. So if you eat rice in the morning and then beans for dinner, then that's still fine. You, your body still is able to make that complete protein for you to use. So a lot of people, you know, they, they don't supplement. They just make sure they eat a healthy diet. But supplementing could also be a great idea. Um, It can just give your body an extra boost of what it needs. And like I mentioned before, a lot of our digestive systems, you know, aren't functioning as well. So sometimes it can be hard to absorb a lot of these vitamins from food. So sometimes doing some targeted supplementation with supplements or multivitamins, B vitamins would be a good idea. And I do think that taking a B12 supplement would be a good idea for um, for vegans just to make sure you are getting that vitamin that's really important for for nerve health so I would I would say that that would be a good idea to take that for you know plant-based or vegan people and that also uh, being listening to the body right Larissa it's important exactly so we know when we need to take supplements and mm-hmm. we know when we don't need it Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, making sure you're getting them from a trusted source. 
because, you know, the supplement industry is full of counterfeits. It's like a I believe it's like a six billion dollar industry, and you could easily go get a supplement from Amazon for you know like ten ninety nine or something because it's cheaper. But you're not really sure what's in that supplement, so you don't know if they're doing any third party lab testing. You don't know what ingredients they're actually using. So when people take supplements, I always recommend they go to you know like a naturopathic doctor or you know a place that they really trust. Because if you're going to spend money on your health, then you want to make sure that, you know, you're actually getting a a good quality product. Another myth is that being a vegetarian vegan is too expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that, if that's true. (laughs) Right. So, you know... I, I honestly think that it's one of the least expensive diets out there. You know, like how much does rice cost? How much does beans cost? How much does, you know, greens and the produce section cost? And yes, yeah, sometimes, of course, organic produce can be a little more pricey. But at the end of the day, you know, plants and vegetables and, you know, fruit, it's, they're relatively inexpensive. And what really drives the price up when you go grocery shopping is going to be your meat, your cheese, even your, your feet, your faux vegan items. Like I discussed earlier, you know, those are a little more on the expensive side. And a lot of these, you know, fake vegan products you can easily recreate at home. So a lot of vegan cheese that they're selling that can be expensive. You can make that from, you know, cashews and salt and nutritional yeast. And it's a lot more, you know, it's more inexpensive. It's really easy to recreate at home. So I think if, you know, you're you're a healthy plant-based slash vegan person and you primarily shop in the, you know, in the produce section or the bulk section, you're getting nuts and seeds and grains and it's it's very inexpensive. <laughs> yeah, it's not that expensive. If it is, everything's natural, like beans, I love beans with rice and peas mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And it's not, it can I even compare with uh, wild salmon and all this. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Most people have this uh, misunderstanding, right? Mm-hmm. Vegetarianism, veganism. Another thing that I noticed, people around me that tried to become a vegetarian and even vegans, they had problems with energy level. Right. Talk to me for a moment about that, Larissa. Yeah, so that that can, you know, that's very common with, with energy levels and that might just be their body transitioning. It might be that they're not feeding themselves exactly what they need. Um, So I've had some, you know, some clients do that and I ask what they eat and they just, you know, say smoothies or salads and they're not, you know, eating enough food. So I feel like they're not eating the right amount of food. They're maybe not, you know, cooking enough of like a variety of different plant food. So that's just kind of leads me back to my, um, you know, my main point is if you are going to be vegan or plant-based, you just, it might take a little more research and energy in the beginning to try to figure out what you're going to eat and what tastes good and how to cook certain things um, before you feel comfortable. Um, But I think it's just making sure you're eating enough, uh, you know, a wide range of different kinds of you know, food. So different carbohydrates, different fats, um, you know, different protein and to not be scared of certain fats, you know, like 
coconut oil and, you know, certain carbs like sweet potatoes are also good. And just, you know, having, I always like to say to have as much color on your plate as possible. Um, and that's just kind of like an easy way to make sure you are getting enough different kind kind of food. And then, you know, if people do feel like they're lacking energy, then, you know, doing like a protein powder with some peanut butter is a really good idea. You know, make sure they're drinking enough water, the basics like that. And I I found that to be really helpful with their energy levels at the end of the day. And so that's what is great about having guide a book Mm -hmm. to follow from an expert like you. So then we don't get into buying those uh, easy foods, processed vegan foods and trying to make it quick. Although it is quick too, the way you have your recipes, they take 30 minutes to prepare, to make. So it's not that long. And and one thing that's so important, we are taking care of our health in the long term. It's something that it's priceless to me. Absolutely. (laughs) I agree. I mean, what are you going to do without, you know, your health and feeling good and, you know, not having some of these common issues that you've had in the past? You know, a lot of people that switch to a more plant-based diet, they say that their digestion has improved, like their skin has cleared up. They don't have like as much pain anymore. And I think it's because they've taken away a lot of this inflammatory food. And then another good idea to have, you know, because it's, you know, it happens to everyone. We get home, we're really hungry and we just grab the first thing that we see to eat. And that first thing might not always be, you know, the healthiest thing. So I always try to make sure that there are, you know, healthy, quick options around maybe like trail mix or, you know, like peanut butter just to kind of satisfy yourself. So you don't have this like urgent need of just grabbing the first thing that you see. And I feel like that's also very helpful. And another thing about the vegan diet, the plant-based, it's anti-inflammatory, it's amazing for the health, general health, and also affects the mind, the our emotions, so mental states, improves mood too, so it's connected to happiness. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy, I love that, <laughs> and I feel it, I feel the difference, huge difference. Sometimes I eat meat, sometimes, it's really not often, Mm-hmm. But now I feel so much better with the plant-based vegan right. diet. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's amazing, amazing. And some people, they argue that's another myth, I guess, that it's actually natural to eat animals. They And they have so many arguments about the uh, ancestors and all that. Right. So yeah, we're almost at the end, but talk to me for a moment about that statement. Yeah, so, you know... At the end of the day, I feel like, of course, there are, we have certain groups of people, you know, certain ancestral groups, which were primarily plant-based. There were some that ate meat. And I feel like when our ancestors did eat meat, it was more on a respectful level. So, you know, they wouldn't kill thousands and thousands and thousands of animals a day as we do today with factory farming. They would you know, go hunting, kill an animal. They would use all the parts of that animal. And I feel like to people who say that argument, I want to ask them like if they eat meat like that, because they probably don't, you know? So I think that's just, you know, it's a good way to eat meat. Like I mentioned before, is to support a local butcher. And yes, a lot of our ancestors have been eating meat and it can be natural. It's just how you do it. But I feel like right now in today's day and age, 
given the circumstances with like the climate crisis and animal cruelty and how a lot of the meat it has tons of hormones and antibiotics it's not very healthy so the quality of the meat is also not the same you know if people wanted to go out and hunt an animal and then use that whole animal then you know that's that 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 would be a little different than going to you know a drive-through restaurant eating like a cheeseburger and getting full and throwing half of it away you know there's just it's not necessarily the same so i feel like it's hard to compare those two things but i also feel like right now in this day and age there's replacements you know like we can go to you know, a market like a Sprouts or Whole Foods or Safeway, and there are vegan options, there's plant options, like we have kitchens to cook whatever we want, whenever we want. So it's just kind of up to us to make different choices. And I feel like a lot of our choices now have consequences, which affects everything, which affects the planet and other humans and our health, and you know, animals. So it's just, it's a little different. Like, yes, of course, eating meat is natural, but given the current circumstances of everything, I feel like we can adapt and change that, you know, to better our environment and ourselves as well. I would just, you know, like to emphasize the importance of, you know, everyone's bioindividuality and to do whatever makes you feel good, but just to try to have balance. (laughs) I think at the end of the day, balance and awareness and compassion is you know, some of the most important things you can do, especially when you're eating, because when you're eating, that's such a, you know, important and like even spiritual function. You're like, you're giving yourself your life force. (laughs) So you just have to be conscious of what you're eating, conscious when you're eating, you know, be grateful for your food and treat it as more of like an experience, you know, really enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, that will also you know, be better for your health because you're going to be more calm. You're going to be digesting your food better. You're going to have a better relationship with your food. So I feel like I just would love to encourage people to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And you are. Thank you so much, Larissa, for (laughs) your beautiful mission. Yeah. It's very kind. So I hear Mm -hmm. kindness all the way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And (laughs) non-judgmental, which is part of Mm -hmm. being kind. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? I think to be successful, I think to me that means, you know, in a way to be free and to, you know, feel like you have a good understanding of yourself and you have a good understanding of, you know, who you really are and you're able to be yourself unapologetically in the world and to do what makes you happy and to not live in fear and to not be scared of people's judgments and to just, you know, be yourself. And, you know, of course, in this day and age, being successful, I feel like does equate to finances to a certain extent, just because, you know, finances can lead to a lot of stress. So I feel like to be successful, you've managed to find a way to have an income based off something you really enjoy because, you know, we all have to work. (laughs) It's 2020 and, you know, we have careers, we have jobs. And I feel like that can turn into a really big part of us. A lot of people, you know, identify with their career 
And I feel like having a career which makes you happy and which you're excited to do every day and which you're able to, you know, fund your life, I feel like that's really successful. And that can be really hard for people to do because that can be, you know, really scary because sometimes like your hobby, there's not much money in there. So you'd rather go for this other job that pays well, but you won't be necessarily happy. So I feel like having a good balance of, you know, pursuing your passion, having an income, and then also having some sort of freedom is what's defined as success and not really being tied down to the same routine all the time. And I feel like sometimes that routine can make people really stagnant and that's when we're not our best selves. So I feel like allowing yourself a certain freedom and some, you know, days off where you can go travel or visit family or, you know, go for hikes or visit a new place and do something new and exciting. I feel like that's, that's freedom. I love your wisdom. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's really important to um, trying to find a way to do what we love and at the same time, make some money. It right. is important, which is, uh, it's energy anyway. Money's energy is exactly. not just what most people think it is. Exactly. And, you know, having a healthy relationship with money too. So not having like a hoarding mentality of money and, you know, not hiding behind your money and being scared to spend it. But just like you said, you know, it's an energy flow. You'll have money coming in, you'll have money coming out and to just have a healthy relationship with money because that can really have a negative effect on certain people. And I think, you know, that's also really important. (laughs) What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself and life as of today? Mm, The hardest lesson. I feel like the hardest lesson I had to learn that I'm still learning (laughs) is that, you know, dealing with change um, and that change is, you know, always constant. It's always happening. You're always going to have new drama, new stress going on in your life. It's just how you handle it and, you know, not letting it affect you to a certain point. And, you know, recently I was going through a stressful time and I was talking to my friend who's maybe like 20 years older than me. And I was talking to her and I was like, I'm so excited, you know, to be older and like not deal with, you know, I don't have to deal with stress and drama, you know, thinking in my head that when you're like, when you reach a certain age, there's just like no more stress. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, well, you know, that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> like there's always going to be something going on because that's just how life is. You know, you're always going to have some sort of struggle which is fine. You know, everyone and everyone in the world has struggles, you know, but that doesn't mean there's nothing to be grateful for. That doesn't mean there's nothing to be happy about. So I think just remaining calm during changes and, you know, thinking calmly and being strong and knowing that this is just another phase and it'll pass and whatever's meant to be will be, even if it seems like it's horrible at the moment, (laughs) just to know that everything is working out as it should and to have faith that, everything will be fine in the end, one way or another, even if it doesn't seem like it is, maybe like a year later, or five years later, you'll be like, you know, actually, that was fine. Like, I'm happy the way that worked out. That was meant to be. So I think just, you know, rolling with the punches and just remaining strong and calm during during changes. The trust yeah, component is very, very important. Yeah. Very important. Without even knowing why those challenges are happening. Uh, right. But just trusting that's for the best. 
If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you change anything, make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? <laughs> hmm. What I would do is I would go probably rent some nice cabin in the woods with my whole family and friends <laughs> and just spend my time with them and, you know, cook good food and laugh and feel that connection with them and feel like that's the only thing that I want to do at that moment. And I would just enjoy being around my loved ones. <laughs> what are three things about life you know for sure as of now? Hmm. Three things I know about life for sure. So I would say that I for sure know that I think that all life needs to be taken more seriously. I feel like this is, you know, is animal life and our planet. And I feel like we just really, uh, we're just disconnected from, you know, from nature and animals and, you know, like mainstream media is a big factor. Social media is a big factor, you know, like all these like celebrities and things like that. And it's just, we've grown disconnected from such a basic part of life. And I feel like, you know, all life just needs to be, you know, respected and be shown more more compassion. So that's number one. Two, I would say that I know that our planet is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> um, and, you know, we should all be very grateful that we're able to be here. And being outside, simply being outside in nature is some of the best medicine. You know, just even walking around barefoot and feeling like the sun on your face or visiting the ocean or the woods or, you know, a river and just really being present with nature and just really admiring how truly beautiful this planet is. I feel like I know that for sure, that our planet is a very beautiful place. <laughs> um, and then the third thing I would say that I know for sure is intention, manifestation, and hard work is all very powerful. And I feel like we all have the ability to do these things. We all have the ability to, you know, set intentions and manifest and work hard for either things that we want or changes that we want to see. And I feel like, you know, we're, we're capable in that sense and we, we could all do it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Larissa, for your loving wisdom, your message, your mission, as I mentioned before. And thank you for your authentic presence, too. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Yes, of course. So I have a website. So my website is IamWellByLarissa.com. Um, I also have an Instagram, which is the same thing. So it's just I am well by Larissa. And that's where I post a lot of my recipes, you know, and different, you know, different things that I research. Um, my book, Easy Vegetable Meals, that's found on my website. You can also find it on Amazon. But those would be the two main places, my website and then my Instagram. I'll have it there below too in the written form. Thank you so much again and we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good day. <laughs> you too. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Larissa Olkzak and her work, please visit IamWellByLarissa.com. Larissa.com.